Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 19, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're still in a as the world turns, as the market melt up, continues situation nothing's changed from the standpoint of getting far away from slash overextended from home base or the 20 period moving average which is the red upsloping trend line it's still the case but there's no measurement that we could say all right they're at the end they've went too far now they have to pull back however we can use other things on the chart and what we also do is we take a look at if anything is jumping off the page at us on the daily chart and today the first thing of note and the first thing i noticed was today's closing candle now it's not that big you could hardly see it but it's one of our doji candles right out of the textbook situation i'm not the inventor of this i don't have the patent on this however we do know that many times these type of candles the one where you get a close and opening around the same price can be a sign and or signal of a trend change. Where have you heard that before? It's right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. There's several more. This is one of them. Doesn't mean it has to happen, but when we see one of those, we take a look at a couple of things. A, to me, they're more meaningful at highs and lows on charts. When you see them in the middle of a place, in the middle of a range, they typically have less meaning. Now, these type of candles don't have a direct meaning per se. There's no cause and effect. However, our antenna gets raised when they do show up, especially when we're in what's called an extended deal on the chart. So we're on the lookout for anything that might give us a clue slash hint or evidence that we could be in for a trend change or a pullback operation to work off some of the overbought air quotes type of condition. Now, whether or not those pullbacks morph into something more than a pullback, like a full-blown correction, well, we take that one day at a time. That remains to be seen until it happens. We don't have to predict that's going to happen upon a turn or before a turn. What we do know is certain numbers that will accelerate the downside where the floodgates can open up. We don't need to know those numbers today, but those numbers do exist. And when and if we see a market turn, we'll come to the window with those numbers. Another thing that Mrs. Market is doing at present, and she's doing a pretty good job of it, is sucking as many traders and investors into the long side of the market as she can. The more bullish things get, the more positive the sentiment is, the more you will have people running to chase the market on FOMO, fear of missing out. The last traders in are typically the ones with the weakest hands. They're going to be the first ones out running for the exits. They're typically the people slash traders and investors that do the wrong thing at the wrong time almost 110% of the time. When you let your emotions dictate your actions, that's what happens. When things get so rough inside you, inside your emotions, that you can't take it anymore, you can't take missing the run, you have to buy something, I'm going to just spread some money out over tech, or I'm going to buy this, that, and the other thing, because I'm tired of missing the run, that's chasing, that's guessing, 
And that's your emotions getting sucked in typically at the end of a move. Case in point on the other side of the tape. KRE, this was one of our swing trades, lazy swing trader. Who was buying this down here at 38.55? They went a little bit lower, but now at 47.15, this looked like it was going into the abyss. It's the same thing flipped around. Nobody wants the thing when you're down in this neck of the woods. Too scared. If you're scared, get a dog. Now almost 10 bucks removed on a $38 purchase. How you doing? Now I'm out of this, but that's not the point. We made our money. We go about our business on to the next trade. The point is we do the wrong thing at the wrong time by and large. And that's also promoted by, sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew parent company, Trick and Company. About a little movement in Netflix after the bell. I'm assuming they reported their earnings. Watching this thing go both directions has nothing to do with where they might show up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time around the opening bell tomorrow. Just fun to watch. Netflix, among other stocks, can certainly have an impact on the following trading session. Tesla, same routine. They're gearing up for their move. Just a little intermission around a couple of big stalwarts reporting earnings. A couple of fan favorites. We'll have a beat on these numbers for stocks on the move tomorrow morning. In terms of the big picture, back to the S&P or the spiders, in terms of the big picture, what we're going to do is let them go for a while and eventually they're going to get to a place. I have some ideas. I have some numbers every day inside the numbers. We have these numbers, these places. One of these places will be a place that stops the market from going up and begins a turn back down in the other direction. Speak of the devil, where was that number today? And we had a beat on that from zero dark 30 this morning. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work. You'll see more of the numbers as we go up in the notes. I want to point something out since they were rising higher at the opening bell. And what we had was, which would take price to a spike above 456. Overhead resistance and getting above these prices here was the gateway to the next leg higher, the next leg higher, 456 and a spike of it. Okay, fair enough. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Now let's double check the numbers. There's your exact number, 456.10. We think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. 456.10 is the horizontal line, which in fact was overhead resistance, all laid out before the opening bell. This is how you get your leg up on the rest of the, we'll call them competitors in the market before the opening bell. You have the layout, you have the schematic, you know your support, you know your numbers, you know the resistance, you know what happens around these numbers. You know if they're above one, the door opens to the next. If they're below one, the door opens to the next. And you go into the day, not only with a plan, a schematic, the numbers, and the confidence that you know these numbers are going to work the large majority of the time. That's why you're watching. That's why you're here. That's why traders come every day to the live trading room. Doesn't mean the whole thing is easy. It's not. But you have to have the numbers. You have to have a plan. You have to have 
the wherewithal, the emotional stability, and an understanding of what the market's doing, how and why, constantly in order to be successful in this business. If you have even a fraction of those things, you're off to a good start and you learn to hone those skills over time and your results will skyrocket. All morning long, we talked about in the live room. 456.10, you'll see it on the board for Inside the Numbers. It's all about 456.10, above or below. Above 456.10 on candle closes, it's gonna open the door for another leg higher. If they can't do it, they just spike it and they can't really stay above, the market's going to drop. It's going to have some kind of a retracement. So here we go at 9.15. As long as they're above 454.86, the door is open for a push higher. 456.10, give or take, becomes a target. Flip side, we don't need right now. And there you have it. So before the opening bell, we laid the whole thing out. We also put up a range, 455.50 up to 456.10 as the short opportunity range, first resistance zone. They ended up getting the 456.10 anyway, but it's narrow, it's close by. We had a small zone, they got to the upper end of the zone, and that was listed as a scalp with potential, meaning they're going to pull back from there under normal garden variety conditions. What happened? There's a 15-minute chart. They stayed up there for a while, then they pulled back, and you can see here the low in this candle, 454.60. We also had traders that played the spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction. They played against Sam trade. We do that one all the time. Specifically, back to the five-minute chart, that's the trade over here. When they spiked the former low, which is right here, they don't get to the gap on the first run. They come up in between and they rip it back up in the other direction. We had participation on the long side with that. We had participation on the short side at the 456.10. We had stocks on the move. We have what's called something for everybody. All this was before the opening bell. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Everything you need is in here to find success and build on success during the trading day, each and every day. This is invaluable information. Pause them, read them, go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here. In fact, you'll see this 454.35 come up a lot of times. Here it is. There's unfinished business, 454.35. That was at 11.25 this morning. And there it is, 454.35. You could see what's going on. They finally hit it in the afternoon. Once they did, they spiked it, and then they took off back in the other direction. How do you like them apples? about stocks on the move? We had a list of five on the board this morning. They're starting to come. You'll see next week they're going to start fast and furious, if not by tomorrow. We had IBKR and OMC hit their entry objectives. The other three did not. The three that did not are off the board. We'll take a look at the two that did. IBKR, haircut at the opening bell, came up short in the morning. The low was 82. My number was 81.89. That's the way it rolls. Look at that rip away from 81.89 or 82. Missed by pennies. That's the life of a trader. What happened at the end of the day? Came all the way back to do what? Complete the unfinished business. How do you like them apples? You know what comes next. The numbers work. Second one, we had a buzz cut going on in Omnicom, OMC, 87.94. They hit it. They rocketed off of it. Nice participation in the room. 
Nice participation inside the numbers. Nice trade. Came back down to it. The trade's over, and you can see what happened. They satisfied the second number, and then they started going back toward the first by the end of the day before running out of time. The numbers worked. This was an obvious support zone all the way in through here. But we don't care about that. Why? Because all we care about was what they did early on. Hit the number, spiked it by a few pennies, ripped it back up in the other direction. And you can see here, just a few minutes later, the high was 89.78. That's 89.78, almost $2 gain in minutes. Hey, you doing? What's going on over in Camp IWM? Check out the back test today of the famous 196 that we were looking at for a couple of days. Low today, 195.93. Any accidents or coincidences? I would say, nah, I don't think so. Yesterday, they spent all day long hovering around that number. Today, they're above it. Came to back test or retest it from above. It's an important number. We'll leave it on the screen just for the heck of it. But we know what they're trying to work on. They're trying to work on these pivots up here. Pivot high here, and if they can get through that, there's another pivot high here. There's some stuff in between. You're around the big fat round number of 200. Certainly not out of the question this week, maybe into next week, not out of the question. IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until it's over. The melt up continues with the folks down at the transportation department. Little bit of a pullback. A reset or recocking of the gun, and here you go. Let's flip over to the weekly chart to get a better picture. And what are they doing? Well, you can see it. If you draw a straight line over from today's high, where are they? Well, they're starting to run a test in the area we talked about. This is a big spot. There's a lot of points in here. It's a big spot. We don't know exactly where they'll stop, but they are running a test of an important place. And how do we know that's important? Let me reiterate this one more time for the folks that haven't heard this before. When the market runs up to a place like this and you got three weeks in a row flirting around with this area and is rejected, okay? That tells you, Mrs. Market is telling you that that price level up there or at least this zone up there is uber important. Therefore, what's she doing now? She's coming back to run a test of an important place. And if we just draw a line over from the pivot high, it's somewhere in this zone in between around today's closing price, today's high, up to this pivot high. That's an important place. The market, Mrs. Market, already told us that by virtue of having been rejected up there before. Now she's coming back to run a test of a former breakdown area, isn't she? Yes, she is. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. All charts act and react the same way. I prove that point in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. I prove the point by taking the names off the chart and going through an exercise. You take the names and the time frame off the chart and all it is is a set of candles like this, but you see nothing. You don't know whether we're looking at a five-minute chart, a weekly chart, an hourly chart. You have no idea. And that's part of how I prove that all charts act and react the same way. No names, no time frame, and then you start to realize the light bulb goes on. You say, yeah, none of that matters. They all do the same thing over and over and over again. The Q people still in a melt-up operation down 77 cents today, two-tenths of a percent. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. That's a flat day for all intents and purposes. Now, I did some work this afternoon in the Qs. Now, I don't know if this happens, but let's just say it does. 
I'm going to give you a number. You're going to want to get out your pencil with a sticky note. I'm going to give you a number. And if they hit this number, I believe that it's overhead resistance. And I'm not going to use the phrase stone cold short just yet because it depends on how and when they get there. I'm giving you a number. You want to put this on a sticky note. And if you see the cues up there anytime soon, you let me know. That's the exact number straight from the formula, straight out of the calculator, 397.85. It's not close by, but it's not that far away in the big scheme of things. If the melt-up's going to continue, well, ultimately, they're going to get there. What happens when they get there and how they get there makes a difference, 397.85. Put it on a sticky note. Not saying they will, it's an if they do. No change in the financial place, the XLF, they continue to grind Remember, 34.82 is this number up here, the top of that breakdown candle. They're above it. Here's a gap right here, and that official price on the gap is, we looked at this last night, 34.96, so they're above 35. So do they want to climb the next big breakdown candle? Are they going to start doing that or find overhead resistance here? We don't know until we know, but these are the next places. The next thing of overhead resistance is right here around 35, 35 and change. You flip over to the weekly chart and what's right above? You got a 100 period moving average and a nice big time juicy breakdown candle high. Again, sometimes they don't get all the way to the top, but once they start to approach the top portion, you start to have your antenna going up saying, hey, wait a minute, they're getting to the top. They're running a test in the neighborhood of the top portion of a big breakdown candle, our antenna goes up. We're aware of things. We have to start looking for other things. Where are we in time? Are there any moving averages on any of the time frames in the charts that are meaningful? Are they running a test of something? Something other than the breakdown candle high. All these things come into play when you get to these important places. Chew on that for a while. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. Smash Mouth still hovering around the highs, whether they're slightly below the former high like we talked about last night or above the former high we talked about last night. At this point, doesn't really matter. What does matter is if they stay above or come back below the most recent breakout area, we'll use this area right here. So we say the market ran up to here, rejected. Couldn't get through, finally got through, stayed above so far. If they come back below, it kind of breaks that chain. But if they eat time off the clock above the most recent breakout area, that's the market building energy to take another leg higher. That's the way we're looking at the SMH or Smash Mouth, as I like to call it, the proxy for the Philadelphia semiconductor space. Hey, by the way, if I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.